and to magnify His glorious name. I am so thankful today that I know who Jesus is. Amen. I'm glad I've been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. I'm glad that I've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you never have, you don't know what you're missing. Amen. It's a good life living for the Lord. We're so glad to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord today. Thank God for the good Word of God uh, this morning already. And uh, glad to see all of our guests that are in the house of God today. We want to let you know how uh, glad that we are that you're here. And we welcome you and want you to just join in and worship the Lord together with us. Why don't all the home folks give all of our guests a good hand clap today. And uh, we're especially glad to have Brother Tim Nunn and his family with us today. And uh, God is so good to all of us. We want to uh, remember to pray for those who are sick and unable to be in the house of the Lord today. Many, many requests. Many folks are under the weather, some fighting terrible diseases. And uh, we ask the Lord to touch and heal them. But we want to pray especially for Sister McIntyre. Ask the Lord to give her a touch from the Lord. And uh, also Brother Charles uh, Brewer today. And uh, let's pray for the Culifer baby that the Lord would give her a quick recovery. And uh, I know they are anxious to get her home. And uh, so we pray that the Lord would work in that situation. I want to remind you, of course, all the young people are not in here. But all of you elders that would like to go to a youth rally Friday night, we'll have uh, the wheelchair vans available. Um, But there will be a youth rally Friday night at Brother Shields And we'll be going over there And so more information to the young people on that Also remember next Sunday Next Sunday we have a special treat And uh, an old friend of uh, Brother Duplessis uh, In the past is going to be here preaching for us Brother uh, Cavanis will be here Sunday morning and Sunday night And uh, a lot of you remember him, and uh, we want to look forward to God doing something great for us, and we're excited about him being able to be with us. Also, uh, in our prayer request, let's remember to pray for uh, Brother Dykes and Brother Parker, and uh, let's pray for Brother Strebel that the Lord would touch them, and uh, also let's pray for Sister Lyles. And uh, I said Wednesday night about the tragic situation that happened to her And uh, let's pray if the Lord would touch her and uh, heal her body. And also all of those that suffered from the hurricane in the Carolinas, ask the Lord to touch them and uh, help the churches and everybody uh, that are there. We know how devastating that can be. Only uh, just a little over a year ago uh, that we were suffering some of the same consequences from a hurricane. And, um, you know, we think about the wind all the time, and if we can make it through the wind, that we pretty much got it whipped. But we found out last year that there's more than wind that's involved in those things. And um, I think when they stall out, they can be more destructive than they are when they're blowing up a hurricane. And uh, so let's pray for those who are suffering today. And uh, they even said today that there'll be more rain uh, dumped on the Carolinas and uh, moving up into the mountains. And then, you know, they're going to get that water again as it comes down the mountains. So let's pray for all of those who are there that the Lord would help them and touch them and strengthen them and pray that God will spare us 
uh, a few more months until we get out of hurricane season and uh, we can uh, see this thing pass again. But it is good to be in the house of the Lord today. I'm so thankful for God's goodness and uh, His mercy and His blessings. I, I count it a privilege and an honor to be able to serve Him. I don't count it a dread. Uh, I don't look at serving God as some kind of a commandment that I have to keep. I look at it as a joy that I get the opportunity to serve Him. And I am thankful for that today. God has truly been good to me. God has never failed me. He has never forsaken me. He has never left me alone. But He's always been there for me. Uh, my mind goes back to Wednesday night, the great service that we had here. The Lord just took over. They, they always say, you know, especially on Sunday nights that they ask you, said, how was service? Oh, we had a wonderful service tonight. The preacher didn't even preach. I'm always wondering if that's saying that they, they, uh, deem it a great service when the preacher don't preach. But anyway, that's a little concerning, especially when you're the preacher. But anyway, we had a wonderful move of God. And God started working in this place. And then we started sharing the testimonies of what God has done and the miracles that God has performed. And then Friday night, we were over at Brother Thompson's in Pitkin at the retirement celebration of Brother Bayham. And Brother Jackson was preaching, and he talked about uh, remembering these things that God has done in the past. And uh, But, you know, we can't get stuck in what God has done in the past because what God has done in the past, He's able to do in the future. And so if God has healed us in the past, God's still able to heal us in the future. If God has kept us in the past, God is still able to keep us in the future. Amen. He's not a God of the past, but He's a God of the present. Amen. For all of our present distresses, the writer Writes, He says, God has already made a way. The Bible says in one place, it says, with every temptation that has taken you, all the temptations, he said, that are such, such as are common to man. God has already made a way of escape. And I'm glad today that I'm serving a God that already has a way of escape for his children. Amen. It's a privilege to be a child of God. It is a privilege to be a child of God. Amen. If you have your Bibles today, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. I will go to a very familiar passage of Scripture. And yes, I'm sure that you have that marked in your Bible that I have preached from this before multiple times. And I will continue to do so. So 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 18. The Scripture says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto them, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Look at what the writer writes again. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, reminds them, that for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands toward heaven and ask God to help us today. God, 
We pray for your touch. We pray, Lord, for your anointing. We pray, God, for your leading and guiding, directing hand. Lord, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon me to deliver your word. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon this congregation to receive, to hear, to respond to your word, God, to be a doer of the word. Do something great in this house today. I pray, God, that you would fill somebody with the Holy Ghost in this house today, that you would heal, that you would deliver, and that you would set free. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands to the Lord, everybody. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated for the next couple of hours. <clears throat> Praise God. The Bible tells us that the preaching of the cross. I was thinking on this as Brother uh, Nunn was testifying about people not understanding who we are and what we are and why we do what we do. And uh, to people that are lost, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. I, I think about the cross as being, I guess it is the, the world's known symbol of Christianity. And uh, I've seen people that wear crosses. They have crosses on their vehicles. They have crosses tattooed on their body. And uh, I was at a place one time back when we had the tour bus um, ministry. I was uh, driving the bus. Uh, one time I carried a group of people to a Christian activity. And the speaker there turned around and he had a cross shaved in the back of his head. And uh, I, I, I think about how people are... Uh, People like the cross, and I, I've, I've found that most churches, if you look at most churches, you'll find the symbol of the cross somewhere. Um, there also, the cross can be offensive to some people for what it means and what it represents as being a Christian symbol. But to me, when I think about the cross, I do not think about just a symbol alone. I, I know that there is certain religions that, that still have Jesus hanging on the cross. But let me tell you, He's not on the cross today. He went to the cross, but He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And He is risen, the Bible says, forevermore. And so I, I think about the symbol of the cross and what it represents to mankind, but what it represents to me is something totally different than what a lot of people look at the cross as. There is, the cross represents shame, it represents agony, it represents torture, it represents blood, it represents so many things of agony that is associated with pain and suffering. But when we look at the cross, the cross also represents freedom. And that's what I like to look at the cross as representing uh, to me today. It is freedom. I, 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 was, I had the privilege a few months ago, we went to uh, Hawaii and there at Pearl Harbor, there is a ship 
that is there that is the USS Missouri. And for you that are familiar with this, will uh, recognize the USS Missouri was the ship that uh, the surrender uh, declaration was uh, signed on by MacArthur. And uh, on September the 2nd of 1945 in Tokyo Bay, uh, MacArthur made this statement, and I had the privilege, it was a pretty neat tour. We toured the ship, and, and there where the table was setting that this uh, treaty was signed, uh, there is an emblem there that marks where everybody was standing and all that was present there that day, and you could just feel the, the importance of the day and the part that that ship played in the surrender of World War II by Japan. And MacArthur said, It is my earnest hope, and indeed the hope of all mankind, that from this solemn occasion a better world shall emerge. Out of the blood and the carnage of the past, a world dedicated to the dignity of man and the fulfillment of his most cherished wish for freedom, tolerance, and justice. When I look at the symbol of the cross today, the cross represents to me freedom. It represents to me forgiveness. It represents to me a new start. It represents to me a new lease on life. The world that does not understand the cross and does not understand the meaning of the cross, we'll look at it as foolishness as we hold to the cross and we pledge our life to the cross. They cannot understand what it means to us because they are groping and wandering around in darkness. But unto us that are saved, we realize that it's more than just a symbol of a cross. But it has the meaning of eternal salvation and forgiveness for all mankind. As the Bible tells us that Jesus gave Himself to the cross for us. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 8, it says, "...in being found in the fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even..." The death of the cross. As I think a few years ago about how Hollywood made a movie about the passion of the Christ. And uh, there was a bunch of discussion going on about how that they painted the Jews in a bad picture. And uh, for betraying him and turning him over. And then they said, well, they're casting a bad light upon the Roman Empire. Because they killed him. But the Bible tells us that he fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death. Even the death of the cross. The Bible says in one place that he laid down his life, that no man could take his life. Amen. The Roman Empire thought they was the most powerful empire of that day and era. 
They might have been on in that time, but they were not more powerful than Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The Bible tells me that that he said that he could call down legions of angels to save him, but he submitted and he became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Some, the Bible said, will go against the cross. And Philippians, the writer, is writing to the church at Philippi, and he says that some will go contrary unto the cross. In Philippians chapter 3, and verse number 18, it says, For many walk, for many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, the apostle said, even weeping, they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. You say, how do I become an enemy of the cross of Christ? I think that becoming an enemy of the cross of Christ, I know that the writer was talking about those who have left the faith and have walked away from the truth. But I tell you the way that you can become an enemy is by rejecting the power of forgiveness that is in the cross and what the cross represents. Of saying, no thank you, after all that Christ has done, after the suffering that was suffered on Mount Calvary, after the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, that we would say, no thank you, I'm not going to apply the blood to my life. Now the blood is shed for everyone, but there comes a time where everyone must apply the blood to their own life. I can't do it for you. The church can't do it for you. The priest can't do it for you. Your mama and daddy can't do it for you. But it is something that you have to stand up and take responsibility for yourself to say, hey, this is a choice that I will make. Amen. You see, today I think we get very confused about salvation. And we think that salvation comes whether we would like it to or not. But I tell you that it is not like that. Salvation is for everyone. But there is some necessary steps that all of us must take according to the commandment of God that is in the Word of God. Now, I know most funerals that you go to, I don't know that I've ever been to one to where the preacher got up and said, No, I don't think this guy made it. But I've been to many that said, man, he was a good man. He done well. I think that he's walking on the streets of gold today. I heard one man that was talking about another gentleman that was laying before him. He said, now this man was not the church going tight. This man, I, I don't know that he ever went to church. He said, but I, I seen him not too long ago. And he asked me how the church was doing. And uh, so I know that it was on his mind. And I feel like everything is okay. He's in a better place today. I come to tell you today, that would be fine with me if it would work that way. But there's something right here called the Bible that tells me it does not work that way. There comes a time where we must apply the blood that was shed on Calvary's hill to our life. Amen. How do we do that? The Bible said that they were in the upper room and they asked, Men and brethren, what shall we do? 
And Peter took the keys to the New Testament plan of salvation. And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is important that we look as the Word of God tells us how that the blood of the cross that was shed there on Calvary's hill is applied to us. Amen. There is a death that must come about. And that death is in New Testament plan of repentance. The old man is dying out. Amen. And then the blood is applied by water baptism in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And then there is a burial that must take place that we are not sprinkled, we're not spit on, we're not sprayed down with the water hose, but we are buried together with Him in water baptism. Amen. Amen. I think that it is very important that we do it biblical ways and use biblical terms when we do this and when we apply this. Their God is very precise and we must do it in the precise way that the commandment of God tells us. Amen. I have somebody watching when I baptize someone and if I don't put them completely under, they say, hey, their arm come up. You don't bury a man and leave his arm sticking up. You know why? Because that flesh is going to rot and that flesh is going to stink. And we bury them together in water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you come out of that water, there is a resurrection that must take place. I must tell you that that, that, that repentance alone will not save you. That baptism alone will not save you. Amen. But then you must be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. The Bible tells us that that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if it dwells in you, it will also quicken your mortal body. Amen. In that resurrection, there's going to be, it have to be a Spirit of God that when He calls His church by His name, His church is going to resurrect to meet Him in the air. Amen. All because the blood that was shed on Calvary. Now there is still some today that rejects the blood of the cross. And then the cross allows us to approach God. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 20 says, And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him I say whether they be things in the earth or things in the heaven. 
by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. The blood that was shed on Calvary. You see, when he went to Calvary and he shed his precious blood, amen, that spotless lamb, that sinless lamb, amen, that the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom, that the holiest of holies was opened up. Amen. People say that the Holy Ghost is not for us today. They come too late to tell me that it's not real. They come too late to tell me that it's not happening in the church today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just last Sunday night, God filled two right here with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The veil in the temple is still rent because of the cross. We can walk into the holiest of holies. We as Gentiles would not even be allowed in, but because of the cross. You know the reason why we're able to come here today? Because the cross. Amen. The reason why we're able to lift our hands and talk to God is because of the cross. The reason why when we lift our hands and talk to God, we feel the power and the glory of God. It's because of the cross. Amen. The reason why we come to church and we leap for joy and we lift our hands and we lift our voice and we shout unto God, it's because the power of the cross. Without the cross, it is impossible. I know the cross is a bloody sight. I know the cross is not a a lovely sight to look at. Amen. Through natural eyes. But when you're looking at it through the spiritual man, you realize if it was not for the blood that was shed on Calvary's hill, I would not be able to feel what I feel. I would not be able to enjoy what I enjoy. I would not be able to have what I have. I'm thankful for the cross today. Amen. We have peace. What do I do when I'm in turmoil in my life? Amen. We are living in a troubled world. We are living in a world that is desperately looking for hope. They're desperately looking for peace. They're desperately looking for direction. And it seems like the harder they look, the worse that times get. Trouble on every hand. Tragedy everywhere. We're looking for the next tragic thing to happen. But I come to tell you that in tragic times, in troublesome times, what do I do? I look for the power that is in the cross. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I'm reminded of a story that says there was a little man, a little young boy that was lost and could not find his way home. And he, he, he got 
found by the police. And the police was trying to give him, uh, take him back home. And the little boy didn't know where he lived. He said, I don't know where I live. I don't know the address of my home. He said, but beside my house, there's a big church there. And on the front of that church, there is a cross. He said, if you can get me to the cross, I believe I can find my way home. Amen. I was lost and I was undone without God. But I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for the cross. I tell you today, you that are in this world, lost and undone without God, with no hope and no peace, lay down at night in turmoil, worried about what tomorrow will bring, worried about what next week's going to have in store. Let me introduce you to Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to tell you about a Savior. The cross of the cross. He can take away your sins. He can take away your heartache. He can take away your pain. He can take away your sickness because of the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can get me to the cross some way or another this morning, if I could point you in the direction of the cross, happiness is headed your way. Amen. If I could get you headed in the direction of the cross, peace is headed in your direction. If I could get you headed in the direction of the cross, and you could see the cross and the importance of the blood that was shed, salvation is nigh under your home. Amen. If I could get you headed in the direction of the cross, heaven's doors will open wide, and you can experience the glory and the power of God because of the power of the cross. Amen. What about sin? Can I tell you today, there is no sin that is a match for the power of the cross. There is no sin that is too bad for the power of the cross. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 14. It says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Amen. Everything that was against us. Amen. What is it talking about? Everything that the accuser, the devil had brought in against us. Amen. Which was contrary to us. It was not good. It was not healthy. It was not on our side. And he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Amen. I couldn't do it, but he did it. Amen. I couldn't handle it, but he had it. Amen. Every sin, every problem, everything that we ever did, it has been nailed to the cross of Christ. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that I write unto you little children that you sin not. That's just the end, that you sin not. But then it says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. 
which is just and able to forgive us our sins. Amen. I want to tell you today that the, the idea thing is for us to sin not. Amen. But if we sin, let me tell you, it's not over. It's not done. And it's not finished. Because we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ. What is that advocate? That's a lawyer that goes before us. Amen. And says, hey, hey, hey. I know what you're accusing him of. But I've got something to combat that. And that is the power of the blood that was shed on Calvary. Amen. When the accuser said, but you made a mistake. And you stumbled and you fell. But you're not worthy of forgiveness. The advocate says, oh, but wait just a minute. There is a Calvary that you're forgetting about. Amen. When the devil reminds me of my faults and my past, I just remind the devil of Calvary. Amen. Don't ever forget about the power that is shed on Calvary's hill. Amen. Everything he has blotted out, even the things of handwriting, of ordinances, that is against us, which was contrary to us. He took it out of the way. Amen. I look at people and I say, why don't you, why don't you just turn your life over to God? Well, I got too many things. I got too many problems. I got too many difficulties. And I look at them. The longer they go on with this thing, the more problems and the more difficult they make life for themselves. Amen. You can't do it by yourself. I look for people, I look at people trying to beat drug habits and alcohol habits by themselves. You can't do it alone. Amen. But when you admit to God, God, I'm sorry for my faults. I'm sorry for my failures. I'm sorry for my short Comings, I lay it all out on the table. Amen. Jesus Christ just brings a big bloody hammer and he nails it to the cross and says, that's it. It's finished. It's done. It's already paid for. All I've got to do is accept the blood. People say in their mind and in their spirit, it's too hard to live for God. Are you kidding me? The Bible tells us that the way of a transgressor is hard. But he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. It's not hard to live for God. You don't have to die. You don't have to let somebody nail you to the cross. You don't have to let somebody pierce you in the side with a spear. You don't have to let somebody put a crown of thorns on your head. And we say, oh, it's too hard to live for God. The hard part's already paid for. It was a price that had to be paid that was impossible for us to pay. Amen. But He went and paid it for us. All we got to do to go is go to the bank and pull it out and start spending the good life that God has already created for us. Amen. Don't laugh at me about my cross. Don't look at me because you think I'm crazy about being a Christian. God has been good to me. It's already paid for. It's already paid for. It's already paid for. Hallelujah. My sins have been blotted out. 
Amen. My transgressions have been forgiven because they have been nailed to the cross. Amen. For Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, for who for the joy that was before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. If they come to the music today, I'm getting ready to close. Amen. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Amen. The pain, the agony, the suffering. Amen. The embarrassment of hanging there between heaven and earth when knowing that you had all the power and you didn't have to do it. Amen. But you hung there because why? Because he's seen you in Sealsby, Texas on this September morning and knowing that you had sins that you could not pay for. That you had a debt that you could not control. That was spiraling out of control. That you had a life that you could not get the grips on. But He went to the cross for you. He went to the cross for me. He went to the cross for every one of us in this place today. To where we can lift our hands and say, God, I can't make it by myself. I can't do it on my own. But I want to apply the blood. I want to apply the blood. I want to apply the blood. I want the mercy of the blood. I want the forgiveness. Forgiveness of the blood. I want the blood shed that was shed for me on my life. Amen. I believe you could put it like this. As Douglas MacArthur said, that it is my earnest hope. And indeed the hope of all mankind. From this solemn occasion... A better world shall emerge. And I believe if we look at the cross today, I believe Jesus Christ would look and said, It is my hope. It is my desire. The reason why I went to the cross is where you wouldn't have to suffer the penalty and the shame of sin. I don't care who you are today. I don't care where you've been today. I don't care what the devil has told you in the past today. Today can be a new start in your life. Today can be a change in your life. Today God can take all the past and erase the past. And you start out a new creature in Christ Jesus. But just as so many people since World War II has not enjoyed the price of freedom, they have taken it for granted. They have went back to socialism. They have went back to the things that did not work in the beginning. Those men who died, I wonder if they could resurrect from the grave today. If they would be shocked when they realize that people did not honor the flag and the country that they gave their life for. 
I wonder if they would be shocked that the Bible is not welcome in the schools. I wonder if they would be shocked at the carrying on that is going on in this country. And they would say, no doubt, I gave my life for this. Is this the outcome of what the ultimate sacrifice? I wonder today if we could get in the mind of God, which is impossible. But I wonder if he would look at us today and said, why are you hurting? Why are you suffering like you are? Why do you go to bed at night burdened down wondering if I don't wake up where I will spend eternity? I gave my life. I went to Calvary. I shed my blood. That's the power of the cross. All you've got to do is enjoy the price of freedom that has already been paid for you. Let's pray right now, church, everybody in this place. God, I pray that you would touch souls. I pray, God, that you would move in lives today. I pray, God, that you would get a hold of hearts today. That you would help us, dear Lord, to understand and realize the price that has been paid. That we don't have to suffer. That we don't have to live another day in agony. Wondering about our future. Wondering about where we will spend eternity. Help me right now. I need a saint of God to help me today. I believe God's trying to talk to a soul in this house today. The power of the cross may seem to the world as foolishness. But to us, we look at it as the power of salvation and freedom to our souls. As we all stand across this building, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want everybody in this place praying right now. Let's keep our mind on the Lord for the next few moments. Come on, help me, church. Help me, church. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, saints of God. Help me pray right now. There's people that's trying to make choices in life right now. Why don't you come to this altar and allow God to change your life? Why don't you step out from where you're at and say, here I am, God. I've tried everything. I'm going to try you. I've been everywhere. I'm going to go to you. Thank you for the power of the cross. Thank you for the mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your long suffering. Thank you for forgiveness of sin. But why, 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 why would you walk out this building with your same old burdens? Why would you leave this place burdened down with the guilt of yesterday? Burdened down with the guilt of the past? When you could walk out with the joy of the future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As they sing today, why don't you step out from where you're at and make your way to this front and say, Here I am, God. I want to apply to my life. Redeems all with.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you let Him redeem you today? Why don't you let Him redeem you today? Why don't you let Him touch you today? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let God work for you this morning. Let God touch you today. Let God move in your life today. Oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Why don't somebody reach out to the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, I need your help. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness today. Come on, apply the blood of Jesus to your life today. Apply the blood of Jesus to your life today. Redeemed of the Lord, say so. Sing it from your heart right now. Redeemed of the Lord, say so. Sing it from your heart right now. 